Oh, no, listen, but now real sports people, people who don't play, right, they'll be calling us all sorts of names now. One of the guys clearly comes into the side and I just shout at the top of my voice, Sir, he's in the side, sir. <laughs> and uh, right. my... Seriously, really, you need to get converted. <laughs> <laughs> were you in trouble, Pete? Because you just stood next to that ref all day. Welcome back to Chris Sport Podcast. Great to have you with us. We've got a really interesting topic today. We're chatting about referees, uh, officials, umpires, whatever they might be. Nearly every single sport, particularly team sports, but nearly every sport will have will have them. Uh, nearly in every game I've been a part of, at least there are massive talking points. Uh, professional football at the moment, VAR. We can't seem to stop talking about it. Um, in my very amateur hockey games, we're often bemoaning decisions which didn't go away, how umpires affected the game. Um, so it's, it's a huge topic. It's one you'll have as well. Of how do we deal with referees? How do we deal with rules as well? The rules of the game, the rules of sport. Um, so I've got two people with me. I've got uh, Pete Brown, uh, former professional rugby player with me. Uh, I've got Graham Daniels, general director of Christian Sport, dabbled uh, in football uh, at many levels when he was younger. Still devils now. Dab, dab, dabbling's a bit of an insult, Dan. I'm sorry. Uh, long-time footballer, <laughs> former professional footballer. Cheers. <laughs> former professional footballer. There we Have go. Have you been talking to my managers? <laughs> <laughs> hey, really? Um, my, look, look. My nickname was the Judge, and everybody in sports know why that would be right. Always on the bench. But there's no need for you to offend me. <laughs> um, we'll come to you first, then, Dan, and we'll keep you sweet. Um, referees football tell us i want one from each of you i want each, i want uh, i want your best story your best experience and then i want i want maybe a time when you were not quite not quite the best oh all right well uh, i can give you mine quite easily really i'm going to switch the order though i spoke at a christian sport conference years ago a student conference so room full of people and it was a q a and it was about uh keeping the rules this podcast really and I just took this innocuous question felt like it from the floor somebody said well if you were last man defender two minutes to go nil nil guys through would you pull him down get sent off now I, I, I had done that I, it only happened to me once because I, I never played at the back but Cardiff City in a youth game I did it I, I was sent off and uh, I just told the story and said, yeah, we'll do that. I said, I wasn't a Christian at the time. Somebody said, would you do it now? I said, yeah, I would, yeah. And I just didn't bat an eyelid. I said, I said, all the players would expect me to. The ref would expect me to. They would expect me to. I would take the punishment, obviously, but it wouldn't be, it would be part of the game. Oh, my word. I nearly got the sack. I nearly got the sack. I was hauled before the powers that be and everything. So... Like all the student leaders went for me, took me privately into a room, needed a referee in there. Went for me. So I'm not going to give you a good story yet, Reedy. I'm just telling you, this is a contentious subject. And yeah. I think there are, there are levels and, and nuances of different sports and different etiquettes within the rules, which cause us all kinds of discussion here. Uh, so, yeah, that's my bad story. Helpful, Pete. Rugby, was rugby obviously is slightly. I've always found I've always respected rugby in the way they treat referees. Um, yeah, so what's you should. Your, what's yeah. your experience? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I've definitely 
would say that there is a respect there for referees. I think there's a there's a, a knowledge that the referee does have the power to sway a game. Um, I think that's uh, yeah, that's very true. And there's also so we would talk a lot within rugby about painting the right pictures for the referee. There's so many rules in rugby. I think there's probably been new ones made up since I retired a year ago, which I don't even know about. Um, and we'd have meetings uh, about new laws um, on mauling, on all these different things, and how what the pictures were the refs wanted to see so that we could then um, take advantage and, and win penalties and get momentum into the game. So, um, so yeah, that, that idea of painting good pictures, um, in terms of my... My good story, it's, it's sort of, again, now I'm, I'm going to go slightly away. I, uh, you know, I've got a posh English accent and I, I moved to Ulster and I, I talked to the ref like he's, I, I called him, him sir. Like that's, you know, that's the level of respect that we have in rugby. So I say sir all the time. Uh, and we were in a, a, a mauling session, uh, just a session um, uh, one day with all the forwards and uh, I get the ball and I'm standing up outside the mall because I've caught the ball and then everyone forms the mall around me. It's just a big hug, basically. And uh, and we're pushing against the other guys. And there's no ref there. There's only our, our coach uh, at the time, our forwards coach. And one of the guys clearly comes into the side. And I just shout at the top of my voice, Sir, he's in the side, sir. <laughs> and uh, my goodness, I never forgot about that one thing I shouted. So I then got the nickname, Sir. And then... Uh, I actually remember the time we were playing Bayon uh, in the in the Champions Cup, and uh, Darren Cave, who's a who's a centre, who w- wasn't even at that session, he then uh, I just hear in the middle of the game I'm on the bench like Dano, same as him, and uh, and I just hear this shrill English accent because he's got a, a lovely Northern Irish accent, he, this shrill English accent going, "Sir, he's in the side," <laughs> just uh, just in the, in the middle of the game, and then afterwards he came up to me and said, "Do you hear that?" <laughs> great so yeah there's my my left field story yeah. um well hopefully when you've been listening into that you've got your own stories i'm sure well i'm sure you do anyone who plays sport you have these stories um dano it's christians in sport podcast help us help us understand give us a feel of wh- probably when you're in that room at this conference where what the context was where would you go biblically to talk about what does it look like for a christian somebody transformed by christ um to treat officials in 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 the right way well i i think the heart of the new testament in terms of christian ethics is in romans chapter 12 so when when you've trusted in christ when you have new life in christ paul brilliantly in romans 12 verse 1 onwards gives probably the fullest explanation of, of the outworking of Christ in you. And, uh, of course, we haven't got time now to, to have it all open in front of us. And definitely don't look at it if you're in the car or something like that. <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you open Romans 12 and 13, you, you see that it splits really, Romans 12, into three parts. The first two verses really talk about uh, if you have God's mercy, if you know God's mercy, you offer your body as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Christ is in me. What does my life of worship now look like? And brilliantly, what Paul does, he says the life of worship basically has two parts in everyday life. Romans 12, 3 to 8 talks about the gifts God has given you, the talents you've been given. So if you're going to worship God with Christ in you, you're going to take your talents, your abilities, your skills, verses 3 to 8, and then 9 to 21, 
Of course, you utilize your talents and skills pretty much always in relation to other people. So 9 to 21 is about relationships. So you come to Christ, he's got your life, he comes to live in you, and he says, now live with me in you, live a life of worship. How do I do that? Take your skills and take the relationships and the people that you implement your skills with in relationship and let me be at the center of it. Of course, that applies to sport. God made me able to play. I've got relationships with teammates, opponents, officials. I have relationships with them. Just stick with me on this, because when it comes to the relationships in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21, Paul splits it into two. 9 to 13 is about our relationships, if you like, with friends, with people that we're getting on with, with, with people who are for us. 14 to 21 is about your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse, for example. If it is possible, verse 18, live at peace with everyone. 19, don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. So Paul is saying, if you've got me in you, if you've got Christ in you, and you've got talents, and you've got relationships, particularly in relationships with opponents, we might say in sport, mm -hmm. people contesting against us, don't you take revenge. Don't you take the law into your own hands and then brilliantly, and stick with it one more couple of seconds, Romans chapter 13, Paul says, verse one, let everyone be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. In other words, if we don't have somebody refereeing the country or the match, what will happen is when my enemies antagonize me and I take justice into my own hands, I'll probably go too far. If somebody slaps me a bit, I'll probably punch them out of anger. The point you have law at all in society is so that justice is done by somebody who can be cool and calculated and calm, not by the guy on the receiving end. Now, that's a long way round to saying the authority of the referee is crucial to sport because without it, it's mayhem because it's deeply competitive and we all get angry and frustrated and we need somebody to activate the rules and not to depend on the participants to do it. So respect the referee is the fundamental axiom of Paul's approach if he was thinking about sport here, if he applied it to sport. So... Take us back to that example you gave at that conference, which caused such a fury. You've, you've taken your one on it's one on one. You've taken the man down, and so you've you've deliberately you've deliberately broken the the rules of the game, the laws of the game. You might want to counter my my language, but what was your what was your argument for going? Yeah, that's fine. Well, I'd like Pete to come in in a, in a minute on this, but I, I I just want to say there are two ways here of looking at it. There's the rules of the game. So let's take that example, which proved to be so horrendous, because I said I would do it as a Christian, you see. That was what caused the mayhem. Um, I think it's because in soccer, for example, are they, each sport now has its different mores or cultures and so on, norms. In, in football, doing that, yes, it breaks the rules, but not one single person involved in the game on my team or theirs or the officials would think I was shocking to do it. Within the norms of the game, you would do that. On the other hand, really, uh, 
if you spat at somebody, that breaks the rules of the game and it breaks the accepted norms by everybody playing the game that you really can't do that. If I went over the top on a guy and tried to break his ankle, I'm totally outside the boundaries of ethics in the game. So sometimes you take the breaking of the rules, but you're not ethically offside, as it were. <laughs> That's not very good in the game. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, within rugby, we have this idea of professional fouls, which are, <clears throat> you, you know, if, if, if someone was going to score a try, I would try and look as legal as possible, but I'd lie all over the ball. I'd stop them getting the ball quickly and there would be a punishment for that action. And we call it a professional foul, which is not the same as smacking someone off the ball or, or taking, taking out someone. It's, it, is, it is cheating. Wow. It, is, it is just going against um, the rules, but doing it because everyone can see that the other team are going to score. And, and like Dan, I said, I would agree that if that happened in a, in a game for me where someone broke through, this would be the rugby, rugby equivalent, uh, and they were <clears throat> going to score a try, I take them, I, I tackle them, I manage to make a tackle, I then don't release them, I just get over the ball and I stay there to allow my teammates time to get back into a line, um, to form a defence, we give a penalty away, I get a yellow card, but they kick for the corner, there's no, there's no points or they kick for the posts, like I've stopped to try there, um, so it's, it, it is like ethically, like the, the guys on my team would would understand that that is you know that is key to do. Um, but I I would accept that punishment because I knew what, I would know what I was doing. So the rules are key within that as well. Is yeah. is the counter here? Well, I think I think this is the counter. We don't, as Christians, our our norms, our ethics are not set by others who are not. They're set by God. They're set by his word, aren't they? They're not set just by us. Everyone else thinks it's okay, so I'll do it. Because if you play if you play that down on any other case of ethics, then um, whatever else it might be, you go, well, the whole world thinks that's okay. And thus, that's fine for me to then do that. But why is this different? Here's the big deal for me in this. The referee, the referee himself, in Pete's case, uh, and certainly in my case, because I know it better than the rugby, um, no chance that the referee thinks that you are undermining his authority at all by doing that. Not for one second as the guy who you respect to have authority over both teams on the pitch, not for one second does that guy think that you are undermining your respect for his authority by lying on the, on the ball. That's my opinion. That's what I think there. Not for one second. The other thing to say is, within my example, I'm doing everything I can within that moment to try and be within the rules. So I like, like, and, and you think about Graham's example as well. He may take this guy out, but he's going for the ball. Like, you know, and, and in my example, I may make the tackle and then I'm trying to be legal just to steal the ball so that my team um, can get away but I don't manage it. And therefore I'm not undermining, like, like Graham said, I'm not undermining the authority. I'm, I'm playing to the edge of the rules, trying to be legal, but just not getting it quite right. Um, you know. 
That's interesting, actually, Pete, because, Reid, you better, you better referee us here, because that's interesting, because if a guy was through on his own and going for goal, and you slid knowing that there's a 1% chance you'll get your toe to the ball, but there's a 99% chance that you won't, and you take him down and it's a penalty and you're off. Everybody in the game accepts that as not being disrespectful to the referee or the opposition or your teammates or anything. But if he just ran after him and smacked him, kicked him, just ankle-tapped him from behind, actually that would be crossing a boundary to disgraceful. Isn't that weird? Yeah, because it, feel, it feels a bit like I'm, try, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to now drive into other sports and yeah, it, it feels a little bit like semantics. So I'm, try, I'm trying to think what's the... So hockey, I play hockey. Um, ball's coming towards goal. I'm the last man on the line. I can't get my, like, my, I can't get my stick near it, so I'm just going to put my foot there. And I know that that means I will probably get cards and I, there'll be a penalty stroke penalty given against right me. stop right there really would yeah. the opposition or your t- would the opposition be appalled if you did that no would the referee be appalled if you did it um well as in he would work within the rules of the game and send me off he wouldn't be appalled. would he be appalled would he, he be, be appalled? appalled no what about your teammates if you didn't put your foot there um well but that's as a matter of interest i would i'd be trying my best effort not to have it hit my foot Reedy, what would your teammates say if you clearly could put your foot there and you didn't do it and it was one minute to go? What would all your teammates yeah, say? Yeah, so they'd be livid. Let me give you, let me give you the counterexample. So this happened in a game. Not wasn't me, but there's another guy, there's another Christian on my team playing. Um, in hockey, you have to score the you have to hit the ball within the D, within the box in football, um, in order to score a goal. If the ball is hit from outside the D and doesn't get a touch from your team in the D, it's not a goal. Um, so quite quite common, people will try and claim a goal if it's if it's messy with sticks, or in this case, it just clipped someone's foot, clipped one of my teammates' foot, gone in the goal, um, and everyone goes away celebrating. It's a really tense game, massive derby, extra Plymouth, huge derby. Um, everyone goes away celebrating, and then actually the skipper who was a Christian, he knew it had hit the our team's foot. He went up to the ref in the opposition and said, um, "No, it's not. It's not a goal. It's not. It's not a goal. It hit the foot. It's deceptive um, for us to claim it was a goal. We're not. We're not confused. We we all know it hit the foot. You've just not seen it. So that's that's a different thing. It's different from the foot on the line. Foot on the line, I can see, but that is. Oh no! Listen, but now real sports people, people who don't play, right? They'll be calling us all sorts of names now." People who play, sorry if I'm being offensive, but people who play understand exactly the nuance of what you just said. So I've got a parallel story. It could be stories all day here. Here's a parallel story. In a lower level football match, so it wasn't a pro game or anything, so the stakes weren't high, but the lived experience of the player, like your captain really, Mm. was similar. The net's not attached properly. There's a corner. It's a really tense game. It's close. Somebody's headed it in, but it's gone between the post and the net because the net's not attached properly. And the lad is on the post and he knows, he knows it's gone in. It's gone behind the post and through the net. And the ref doesn't give it. He gives a goal kick. He said, ref, it went in. His teammates went bananas with him. The opposition were unbelievably respecting of him. 
and it changed the dynamic of that local derby, like two village teams for years. Now, but you see here, what we're doing in this conversation is we're saying the Christian life isn't lived out in some abstract, distant bunch of rules. It is a lived experience of people living within particular cultures because you take your talent and you have relationships with teammates, if you like, and opponents and the referee. And the godly thing is to say, how do I live for Christ here? And anyone who says it's black and white choices doesn't get the particular culture we're talking about. It's not like that. So let, 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 let's mind in particularly to referees and treating referees. We're talking about rules a bit. Um, yeah, wrestle. But referees, Pete, um, we were talking before this, you, you've captained in rugby. But the captain is in the ear of the ref all the time. Um, so what, what does that look like, sir? sir? Yeah. <laughs> That's why, yeah. So we, yeah. So I mean, I've got a couple of examples of that where it's gone well and it hasn't gone. Uh, where it's gone well for me and then it's gone badly for me. Um, so one example, I, I think within within rugby there is a level of respect for the referees, uh, and I think uh, that's just sort of instilled in us, and we understand there are so many rules within rugby, and I think I may have said that already that it's difficult for them to 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 get all of them. So that's why we talk about, as I said earlier, painting the right pitches, because you want to give them the, the, the right visuals to be able to, to ref it properly. But I was uh, at a university game when I was in Durham. Uh, I was playing, we were playing Leeds Met, and they had a lot of money. They were sort of the feeder for Leeds Carnegie Academy back then. I think it's now Yorkshire Carnegie, the club's called. And we went down there and <clears throat> Uh, I was involved with Newcastle then and I was being released to go and play and um, and I just kept on chatting to the ref all game. Um, I think I, I think I probably I think I was captain that game because the captain was away, but I was just chatting away to the ref all game, like during everything. Um, we won the game narrowly, um, which was good. Uh, but afterwards I went to shake his hand and and he wouldn't shake my hand. And I was just like, oh. at that moment I was like I probably went too far there. I probably was just chirping all day, like not even noticing myself being competitive, trying to sway him. Um, whatever it was, it, it it just went too far and he wouldn't shake my hand. That's the only time that's ever happened. And that made me evaluate myself. Uh, and then there's another one where um, I became, I, in the 18 for Ulster, I became captain in a tight game against Cornish Pirates in the British and Irish Cup a couple of years ago. And, uh, and my wife was on the sideline and she was watching. And, uh, and she was just like, were you in trouble, Pete? Because you just stood next to that ref all day. People were just saying, where's that guy with the ref all the time? Just send him off. He must have done something wrong so many times. But I'd become captain, and he would talk to me all the time. So I had his ear, as it were, and, you know, we'd give him a little bum tap, and, you know, just get on well with him. I'd try and, try and, uh, try and get in his ear to, to not to, to sway him in, in a bad way, but just to let him know that, actually, I don't think, that was fair what happened there in terms of the breakdown or whatever it was i would just be in his ear um, in a very polite and respectful way um, and that's the cultural nuance that we're talking about with, with dano that's how you, you hear it all the time it's there's no hiding now you think about the world cup that we just had all of the refs are mic'd up how the how the captains talk to the refs are mic'd up but they have a and you couldn't not as captain you couldn't not speak to the ref yeah, that is in that would be completely. As in, it wouldn't be even just against cultural norms. That would just be, it it would be against the whole game of rugby. 
the captain yeah. speaks to the ref, doesn't it? So it's not like the argument would be, hey, Christian, just just let the ref get on with his job. Nah. Like the job of the captain yeah. to speak yeah. to the ref yeah. and speak to it. it. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. yet, and then that's the difference, isn't it? So imagine now Pete getting in trouble for, for chirping a lot and then the ref not shaking hands with him and, and being shocked at it because it's normal to chirp at the ref. Mm. You, you just think, what a gap, by the way, between football and rugby here, eh? seriously and any other sport in the world i should think hockey really i mean you'd never t i mean honestly the worst job in the world must be the fourth official in football mm. one he's never got a proper name he's always called fourth <laughs> <laughs> oi fourth 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 but you see you could you don't even chirp at fourth you just give him grief or he can do nothing about it. Oh, blimey. I mean, we've got every game you play, there's a, you never even know the man's name. Now it's so terrible, the culture. So now we're talking about, you see, Pete's on a marginal failure where he's been too chirpy with the ref as the captain. Now the cultural norms of soccer, since we're only talking rugby, soccer and hockey here, oh my word, they're disgraceful. And now you really would have to go back to your earlier point, really. I think in football, you really, really do have to go massively counter even cultural norms. And you must not talk to the referee or the fourth. <laughs> you must not, as a Christian, talk like anybody else would. So these things are so subtle and they shift with culture and time. So it's not easy to pin down and each sport will know its own. But I would say to any Christian, don't you dare abuse the referee verbally, body language, or the fourth official. Do you not dare do that in the manner that everybody else would do it? And yet you would say, fine to take a boy down with a sliding tackle with two minutes to go. Tricky, eh? But and in the end... Worth, it's probably worth saying, isn't it? Pete's, Pete, when he's being chirpy, he's yeah. not being disrespectful. He's not no. being abusive, is he? That's right. It's, 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 there is a difference between, so I found it when I used to captain my very low level hockey team was I was expected to speak to the ref and my team picked me up on it because I found that really hard to know what to do. And my previous captain, lovely guy off the pitch, <laughs> on the pitch, nice ish guy, but he would be in the ref's ear and he would be making sure the ref knew decisions weren't going our way in the hope of swaying it. And I was just like, I'm just not, that's not my nature. It's not necessarily what I'm going to do. But then my team did pick me up and they said, no, no, you, part of your job as captain is to help keep the ref on side and help him make right decisions. And, I, and part of my point was there's a right way and a wrong way of doing that. And I may have been too soft, but I'm still always going to do that with a respect for the ref. Right. And, and I'll take you back for people who look at the program notes of this. I look back to it. Look closely at the last line of Romans 13 verse 7, where he talks about uh, chapter 13 verse 1 be subject to governing authorities the authorities have been established by god don't rebel against them verse 7 give to everyone what you owe them in authority taxes because it's about government revenue if respect then respect if honor then honor so the discussion we're actually now in isn't necessarily about keeping the rule the, the laws of the game as written in black and white it shifted quite a lot to the culturally accepted norms that are more subtle than the actual printed laws. And now we've shifted our gears really to 
what does it look like, or you shifted our gears really, to what does it look like to respect the authority of the referee? And all our stories are now circling different ways in different sports of respecting the official, which is the definitive calling of the Christian. Not black and white law keeping, but respect for the authority of the referee, as this instance has it. And I think I think it's key to 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 say as as Johnny was was called up, you're doing a disservice to your team if, as the captain, you're not in the ear of the ref in the right way. Um, and I think that's key to say. And and it's interesting because it, it was something we we spoke about earlier was um, or before this podcast was, what if you were a ref? How would you want to be talked to if you were a ref? Uh, how, how you know how would it feel and 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 jesus has that command to love your neighbor as yourself um and that's the you know that's the link to, to jesus's teaching in terms of matthew 22 where someone says what's the greatest commandment and he says love the lord god with all your heart soul mind strength and then love your neighbor as yourself so how would you want to be treated as a referee and then speak to them in that way because if i like they are still human. That's the that's the last thing to, to to make sure. And this is something which I think Dana, you're going to touch on in terms of like you don't have to be soft. You can be honest, but you can be respectful and truthful in the way that you talk to a ref as a captain, as a player, after the game, before the game, whenever. Because well, yeah, I want to get the talk to and talk about the ref. Because I find the, the the as in even if you're brilliant on the pitch, change room one of the first conversations. If you particularly if you lost a tight one, oh, ref was awful today. Umps were awful today. Um, oh, and and then that's imagine imagine that's what your teammates are saying about you. Treat treat others as you want to be treated yourselves. If if like as I'm so thankful I don't play professional sport because the Twitter sphere would go wild with my laziness and my inability to shoot straight. But it, I can imagine if the refs were saying that about you, I think there's just a challenge there of how as Christians we then talk about our opponents, but also then the refs after a game of just go, wow, game's done. They did their best. They, they tried to referee the game fairly. It's hardly ever you get a biased ref. So um, not only how we speak to them, but about them. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, <laughs> that's great, isn't it? Because I bet all sports are like this. Like if you're in the shower and you're playing the back four, and there's only three of the lads in the back four in the shower and you've lost. <laughs> They're going, flipping forwards are useless. <laughs> I, I, we we had it in our players. team talk last week. Team talk last week, we just, we just lost 2-1. The centre-back digs us out. We gave him the, um, they gave him the uh, we'll, we'll call it the turd of the day. He literally at the end of it said, our oh, forwards, if you, could, uh, if you could just score more goals, then we would have won the game. It's like... Or defenders, if you could just defend better, got, we do it all the time, don't we? It's ridiculous. Seriously, Reedy, you need to get converted. <laughs> <laughs> I had a ref, I had a ref once. This is good on the refs, you know, because you, 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 you're both right. I had a guy called Richie Powling who's played for Arsenal uh, way back in the 70s, but a top player, Rich. And uh, I was his assistant manager, player coach uh, uh, at a team, my first management job. And I'd been a Christian quite a while by this point. He is a Christian. And he said to me, you're too soft on referees. He said, you know what happens? You're just too soft. You're too nice. I was trying to do it right. And he said, you see, as Pete said, they're human. Now, what will happen is people will, people will be in their ear all the time, the other manager. 
And if you're not a bit stronger, it's just human nature sometimes that they bend the other way a bit. So you, you've got, you, you can't just be soft because uh, there's a psychological dynamic in that as well. Interesting, isn't it? And, and funny enough, a few weeks later, I was playing, I think it was the Midlands somewhere, Bromsgrove or something in the Southern League. I think it was Bromsgrove. And uh, there was this lad, and I was on good form, boys, I have to tell you. You, you know, I was drinking him. I was like 35, but, you know, half a yard, bit of pace. <laughs> and he's kicking, he's kicking lumps out of me, this young lad. He's about 22, and he's been kicking me. And he's digging me out all the time, and there's a throw-in. So uh, somebody went down injured, and it was about 40 minutes in. And there's a bit of a serious injury the other side. So the ref wanders over. And I said, if you've got a minute, I'm thinking, Richie Powling said, don't be too soft. She said, yeah, yeah, what's up? I said, hey, number two, he's right back. I said, ref, seriously, see this lad here? He's 13 years younger than me, I reckon, 15 years younger than me. Honestly, there's two things can happen in this game. We'll both get sent off or I'll get him sent off because I'm more experienced than him. So, mate, what we're going to have to do now is get the ref to tell you to wind it in, wind your neck in, calm yourself down so we can both finish the game because I'm more experienced and I'll get you sent off. So, ref, he's doing my head in. He's just kicking me on the sly all the time. Uh, by this point, there's about 10 players around us. <laughs> the line knows around us and the ref's going, are you a nutcase? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I said, well, look, I want to play the game, right? Sport is about having talent and relationships. This guy's my opponent. He's my competitor. I want it to be a good game. I want both to stay in the pitch. I want to see if I'm good as a 35-year-old against a 20-year-old. I want him to learn from me. It could be a great game of football. Or we can both get the hump because one of us gets out of both of us can set up. So I'm just saying, I'm just trying to help you, ref. And he laughed. He laughed his head off after the game. <laughs> But, but I think of the story because there's something in there about not being soft. Don't ever, you know, don't ever take the ref on. Culturally different in rugby and football and hockey. And at the same time, there's something about saying, how would he want to be treated? How would I treat him? Because that is respect. That's respect. I like that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, right? 38. Love your neighbor as yourself. I like that. So as we, as we land... To be listening in, he's going, it's just so hard. I find this such a wrestle. It's so hard to respect. But when the ref's awful, so hard. Or when I know I can maybe get a victory for my team by really bending it this way or twisting it this way, it's so hard. Um, what, what, how can we live distinctly? Like, where, where does the power come? Because every part of my nature just wants to go... I could do this better. I want to do it this way. I want to do it that way. Um, does as in how does having Christ at the centre change how we then live? Well, I, I think that that that's a really good question, um, and I think it, it it relates to understanding our standing in Christ, as in without Jesus. And I, and I think this comes back to this whole idea of of humility, understanding that actually without Jesus, I am nothing. Um, and having that perspective of understanding your standing with that, with, with Jesus and your identity being in Christ. So when God looks at me, he now sees Jesus. Um, so, so if you're able to maintain that, then you struggle to, 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 as humility is, it's this idea of not thinking less of your, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less. Um, so, so therefore you're able to look at someone else and go, 
like I understand that I, you know, I get things wrong every day. Like I make mistakes every day, but because of Jesus, I am I am made right in God's eyes. I have salvation, um, eternal life, uh, and therefore looking at a ref and understand that they're human. Um, and I think that that whole idea, like we said earlier, about loving your neighbor as yourself. So um, <clears throat> I'm called to love God with all of my heart, soul, mind, with everything I have, and the only way I can really do that is through Jesus. Um, and and therefore. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself so therefore I can therefore love my neighbor as I love myself I wouldn't want harm for myself I'd want to respect myself I'd want to be talked to in a certain way as well so um, I think that's that's a good way of thinking about it yeah I think I'd add to that that you know as we draw in what's fantastic about being on the Christians in Sport podcast is Pete just described it if you have a relationship with Christ you know, he died for you. He loves you despite all your failures and you're made clean before God. You have a new start in life. But what doesn't change, and this is the brilliant bit, isn't it? You have a new start. Christ is in you. But what hasn't changed is that your talents, if they lend themselves to sport, and your myriad of relationships surround being in sports clubs and teams. But Christ is in it with you. It's fantastic. It's electric. So podcasts like this, how do we deal with refs, breaking the rules, keeping the laws, the norms of the game, the, the values of the teammates, all sorts of wonderful things spin out from it. What really captures my imagination is that every letter Paul writes, he talks about what it is to meet Christ. And as Pete just outlined, what that means in the way you treat other people. How does it spill over to other people? Uh, and so for me, it spills over in saying, I have the privilege of having talent, Romans 12, 3 to 8, and relationships, Romans 9 to 21. Some of those relationships are difficult because I'm competing, contesting, frustrated, angry, disappointed, sad, miserable, full of myself. How can I ask Jesus to help me to respect Romans chapter 13, verse 7, the authority of the officials, and to treat him as my neighbor in the way that I would want to be treated. I won't be too soft, I won't be too harsh. I won't be too quiet, I won't be too loud. I will look after my teammates appropriately, but I will honor the official in the game. So I just think we have an incredible opportunity to keep thinking this through. And finally, for me, boys, it would be, the great thing about the Christian life is that it's a school for learning. We spend the rest of our lives learning to enjoy Jesus in me in sport, failing, growing, learning, failing, growing, learning. What a place to be. I don't know. I want to spend the rest of my life doing it. Great. Um, thanks, both of you. That's been, a, that's been fun. That's been fun to debate, discuss. And, and wrestle through, and I'm sure you'll have lots of questions as well. Send them in. Send in your scenarios. <laughs> you never know. We might do a bit like a... a like an Ask the Ref style. Uh... S- send them to Sir, Reedy. Send them to Sir. <laughs> If you send them to, if you send them to podcast at christiansport.org.uk, we'll forward them to Sir, and Sir can have a look at them definitely. So uh, thanks for joining us. We do have, uh, we have blogs, we have Bible studies uh, on this topic, many many more topics as well of what it looks like to be a Christian in the world of sports. Um, there's loads of great issues to keep wrestling with as we look to, um, yeah, to live as Christians in this this exciting world in this this school of discipleship, as Daniel has put it, a place where we can learn what it looks like to follow Jesus so it's exciting it's fun 
there's loads on our website do head there do get in touch with us you can hashtag ask cis as well if you've got a question uh, email podcast that we'll get in touch there we can find us on our website uh, until next time see you later bye bye